Uh, you know, we're live on the tube, John. I actually hit, I hit start on the tube instead of on the audio. So could we do the open of the show again for the audio, please? Yeah, let me. No, let keep me, it rolling. Uh, keep it let rolling. Let me restart. I, I, I was off, too. All right, you okay. let me know when you're ready. Ready. Ready, Freddy. Three, two, middle, cough. Hey, behaves. Now we're rolling. Now we're rolling. Now we're rolling. What's up, everybody? Recording this podcast late Tuesday. You know, anything after 11, I think you and I call lunchtime. Is that fair? Say that again. Anything after 11 a.m., you and I call lunchtime. Depending on my mood, I mean, I can go early as like 9.45, 10. You know, if you're thinking sandwiches, burgers, and burritos. I think uh, moving forward, just understand everybody, when we say lunchtime, that could mean at least in the 11 o'clock hour Pacific time zone. Let's just be clear about that. Yeah, and if we're on one of our, if we're on one of our Phil Fast, it could mean 2.30. It could. Which is nothing but Phil coffee? I did a Phil Fast yesterday till dinner. The problem is after a day of fasting, just one meal, you wake up really, really hungry. Yeah. Yeah. It's one thing I've A little undernourished. Maybe you don't get shaky? I get shaky. It's, it's kind of... It, you just break through it. You know, I think... It, the first couple times you do it, it's really difficult. And once you do it, you realize you don't need as much food as you think you need. And you feel better. Like I, that's one thing I've found. But it's hard. I mean, it's a, it's a mental... I mean, you guys... I don't know if Haberman's... You guys, you know, in the Jewish religion, you're supposed to do that fasting stretch for that week. Yeah. Do you... But you've never partaken Say, in that. Sun up I to mean, sundown is when the fast occurs. You fast during the day. You can eat at night. No... Yeah. Uh, I've do you, but have I ever made it a week? I don't think so. I don't think so. Have you made it a day? Um, uh, you know, I might have tried. Whether or not I've made it, hard to say. And I'm not one to judge. I know you're I mean, not. You're talking probably the least religious human ever. But uh, it, it's it's a it's a it's a war with your mind. It it really is. When you've eaten as much as guys like me and you have over our lives, you, you can spare a couple. Yeah, it's why we root for John Rom, John. So I root for the John Roms, the Phil Mickelsons. Like I was telling you, watching John Rom the other day, because you tweeted, it's a what'd you say? Like big big day for chubby guys out west, big big win for yeah. chubby guys out west. Uh, my thought when I saw it, it reminded me of a take I had last week when I was walking down the Union Street, and you know I was I was I was like ah oh, maybe I'll do some exercising, but I wasn't I was going to get some dinner, <laughs> and I had a dry fit T shirt on. And I was like, oh, I'll take Union. It's just, it's bustling. It's a nice walk. And um, I was walking against the wind. And anybody with a belly knows walking against, the, walking with a dry fit to start is a risky move. Then you go into the wind and the wind just pushes the dry fit against you. And you just get, you just look like one belly button walking down the street. Like one of the, you know, the belly button kind of shadow that you get. And I caught a glance in the reflection. And I was like, this is not, I, I got to always walk with the wind if I'm going to wear a dry fit. Lesson learned. And, and anyone who has judged human beings, uh, just their body types, knows that taller, longer people, and Scott Van Pelt's always been big on this. He's always claimed to be a skinny fat yeah. guy. But when you're 6'6", six, six, you can be really, really fat in your own body, right. and you don't really realize it. Because you and I were talking, I think we said this off air, Dustin Johnson, who when we saw him at the Pebble Beach U.S. Open couple years ago i remember he hit one kind of off the beaten path at 18 he stood i stood right next to him and i remember thinking like this guy is in elite shape 
I think the last couple of years he's put on some pounds and he's got a little, you know, kind of side uh, love handle going, but he's still so tall that it doesn't look that bad, right? Even Rom, while chubby and a clear belly, pulls it off better than you would. He's probably, what would you, you've been around him, what, 6'1", 6'2"? Yeah, he's not, I don't think he's Rambo. like, yeah, he's big. He's just, but you're right. He's just, that's his body type, big calves, big arms. Just, yeah, just solid. Yeah. Like he's built like a, you know, like a pass Russian DT. You know, it just, it doesn't look that bad. But if you're like Brian Harmon size or, you know, like Henry Ruggs and you're 30 pounds overweight, terrible look. Right? Yeah. Any, anyone under six 15. feet, chubbiness does not wear well. <clears throat> no. No. I've known a lot of people in my life, parents, friends growing up. There's like a line of delineation. You're like over 6'1". Some guys look like when they get a little bigger, it's like, God, that guy looks pretty good. You know, they just, it just kind of fills, fills out, out yeah, their body. Lanky. But a, a guy 5'11 and below, it's like, Jesus. We call that husky. Just looks fat. Husky is what I like to call that. Husky. <laughs> yeah. That's what my mom called it, at least. John, a few things. Number one, get in the mailbag. It's going to be a big mailbag. Get in the mailbag. You can also go to the Haberman and Middlecoff Facebook page. You just go to facebook.com slash promo code ham. Facebook.com slash promo code ham. If you want to find the Facebook page, I'll, I don't think it's in the link of the video, but it will be, and it will also be in the link of the podcast. Um, leave us questions for the mailbag. In that, we, we started doing this. I got a few DMs. People like this idea. Give us your favorite bar in addition to your question. So mailbag, put a question. Give us your favorite place to watch a game. What are you looking forward to? Football season, the countdown is on. We just like, you know, talking about places that are cool and all of a sudden, we connect on places. Some guy texted DM me. He's like, oh, Middlecoff hasn't taken you to stadium yet? I was like, well, I don't. we've gone to a couple places, but I don't know if stadium was one of them in Walnut Creek in your hood. Um, somebody else hit me up. I was like, oh, drinks on me at bus stop. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, the, which is bus stop is popping. Anyway. Uh, I've been, I've been there. So do a mailbag. Bar, leave us a question for the mailbag. We'll record the mailbag on Friday live on YouTube and also tell us your favorite spot. doesn't have to be Bay Area, just your favorite spot. Everyone, We always love talking about that kind of thing, so hit us with that. Yep. Uh, like I mentioned, the Facebook page. We're live on YouTube. Just type in Haberman Middlecoff to both. Uh, anything else? That I, I didn't write Wednesday down night. some of our to-do list. Our wine. Wednesday wine, night. Can I call it wine Wednesday or do you want to call that? Yeah, it's, uh, we used to call that at... Uh, at, at, when I lived at Cal Poly, there was a lot of Wine Wednesdays going on fucking at every goddamn house. But we will have a Wine Wednesday brought to you by our friends at WineAccess.com slash ham. And we are going to watch, is it an individual game or just overall plays from his career? No, right, no, we've got to cut uh, up, John. The producer set it up. <laughs> we've, we've, we got got cut. Cut, we've got at this point about 35 throws. I think it's going to grow. We, that'll last us a long time. Um but yeah, we're gonna go through any any runs. We've so I, I've we are breaking it up into six categories. Trey Lance okay. plays. We're gonna watch them together live on YouTube, seven o'clock Wednesday night, with our wine access. Okay, seven o'clock Wednesday night, June twenty third, Wine Wednesday. Watching Trey Lance cut ups. Um, we've done this. We did this for the draft last year. We didn't do it live. <clears throat> and so what, the categories we have are arm strength, running ability, pocket mobility. Balls that should have been picked. Looks like a play that the 49ers would run and other. And uh, cool. yeah, so those are the six. What do you think of those six categories? I, I, I like it. 
Because <laughs> I, I do think that uh, balls that should have been picked has been something that's really gained steam this past decade. I, I, I don't remember, obviously in a game, you're like, well, we got lucky there. But it's something that like stays with guys. Like PFF's like, don't ever forget, he threw 17 passes last year. Because that's a big thing that they love saying. Yeah. And in fairness, it's true. It is true. But it's like, my, my pushback, and we'll dive into this, I'm sure, when we're watching, is like, there's a reason people foul tip balls that are 99 and not balls that are 91 for home runs, right? Yeah. So it's like, Ka- Kaepernick threw way less picks than he would have if he had had Alex Smith on. Right. You know, f- there's a reason Phillip Rivers, Peyton Manning, like some of these guys have thrown a lot of picks over the years. Even Favre is a good example of a guy that was throwing... I'd say by his older years. You're saying the you know, NFL's all-time leader in picks should have thrown more picks? 100%. <laughs> I bet yeah. if we did a deep dive. Um, and, <laughs> right. and not, by the way, not all of these are interceptable, but there's, there is a common theme, John, on Trey Lance throws that should have been picked. Now, again, you talk to two guys who are very, very bullish on Trey Lance. So it's just going to be fun. There's going to be some throws that are completed. There's going to be some throws that aren't. There's going to be some plays that I think we debate. Would this have been a completion in the NFL? Um, there's going to be some things in pocket mobility that are really about his arm. And so there's a lot going on. Uh, but I, well, let's face it of the five guys of the five guys that are very, I'd say well-known right now, right? Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Fields, Mac Jones, the other four that were drafted in the top 15, the casual football fan have seen all those guys play. Right. (laughs) And depending on what individual, like they saw a lot of Mac Jones, they saw Fields' biggest games of his career. They saw Trevor Lawrence in the playoffs every Three years year. Ago. Right. Zach Wilson, what would you say? Zach Wilson, like by midseason with gain steam, people were kind of just peaking. Yeah, and at even him. if you weren't they, watching I don't BYU, think most people have seen anything. Even if you weren't watching BYU, John Zach Wilson highlights were everywhere all year long. I feel the majority of people, myself included, beside a little bit, you've seen more Trey Lance than me, just doing this, cutting it up for the video. I don't think most people have seen him. <laughs> like, they know. They, they, I think the, ca- the casual guy's like, he's big, he's fast, got a big arm, can't wait. You're like, you remember any throws? Like, I actually haven't seen any, but I can't wait. Kyle signs off, I sign off. Yep. Which is unique. Like, people, like, I bet in New England, like, they have a take. They're like, you know, I remember Mac or Justin Fields or whatever. Like, I saw him play. Like, I have an opinion. No one, the opinions are just probably leaning positive because you, you hope. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you hope. And, Which is cool. Yeah. It, it kind, kind of like a European basketball player five, six years ago, I'd say. Right? Giannis, okay, he's big. Let's see what he's got. <laughs> More tape, at least, than him going one-on-one with a chair. On YouTube, Runaway Turtle says, what about the category, things Mac Jones couldn't do? <laughs> that's actually the whole playlist. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, that's that'll be something that Scott Zolak and his uh, partners put together at 97.5 WEEI Boston Sports Hub. Two different stations. Is that what it is? Yeah. (laughs) I think they're rivals, John. EEI and the Sports Hub. Rusillo hates one of them. I can't remember which. Uh, He's like, Zolak's like, keep making fun of us, Middlecoff. We do a (laughs) tenshir. Yeah. yeah, He's like, uh, keep making fun of us, Middlecoff. Have you seen seen Warren Sharp's list? (laughs) (laughs) Business has been pretty good for a long time. Business, uh, yeah, it's true. But hey, pretty sure the sports hub where Zolak is, Zolak is is where the Patriots have been, and right? EEI is where the Red Sox are. But EEI was that where yeah. Tom Brady did his radio show? It's a good question. I I feel like that's true. Yeah, maybe the Patriots were there. I don't know. 
It'd be more it, if I ran a radio in New England. Never even been actually to the New England area. I would choose the Red Sox over the Patriots, even in the peak of Tom, because I could, my guys could still talk Tom. I would rather have the Red Sox property right for six months. Yeah, little inside radio. You'd always take the baseball team, the big one. You know the A's. You know, no offense. I, I like the A's. They're a great story, but not a great radio property relative to the Giants. Again, no shots there. I mean, I'm quick, correct guy. I like their property. They just don't rate. Yeah, and baseball just historically. I'm being serious. No, no, I'm not I, even I being sarcastic. I was just going to say, and, and baseball just shot. from a, historically with radio is just from a volume play. You get 162 games, a lot of them at night, when your competitors don't have much. They're not really even trying. And then your radio is on that game because it goes very late. Your radio is on that game. You wake up in the morning. Your radio is still tuned to that station. And that's why baseball historically has been an absolute killer for local radio. Yeah, volume and timing. It doesn't take out for the most part your major programming. You know. Anyway, what are we talking about? Okay, Wednesday night, Trey Lance, check it out. Check out our friends at WineAccess.com/ham. WineAccess.com/ham. Twenty percent off. Twenty percent off at WineAccess.com/ham. Guy, WineAccess.com/ham. Here's what I need you to do. I say this over and over. I'm going to keep hammering it home. You have friends. You have significant others. You have family members. You probably haven't done something nice for them in, uh, in recent memory. And what you can do, because let's face it, people like to drink. You go to wineaccess.com slash ham. You use our, you just do that, and you get 20% off anything you order. And you send them a gift. And all of a sudden, knock, 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 knock. And they open the door, because you got to sign off, because you got to be over 21. And then they deliver a bottle, three bottles, six bottles, whatever you choose to send them. And you can get great deals. And they are so happy with you. And then your father, your mother, your mother-in-law, your cousin, your your brother who lives in a different state loves you even more. That's what I recommend doing, guy. Wineaccess.com slash ham. Send a gift today on us. On us. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really several, so many great options. One of 18 bottles. They try 20,000 of them a year. Makes the site. Uh, has to be unanimously approved by the Wine Access. Sommeliers and experts, and uh, they give you more than just a bottle of wine. They give you background on the bottle. They tell you about the bottle, the history of the bottle, what it's about, what's in it, and what it pairs well with. So even if you're not a wine expert like us, or you're sending it to somebody who's not a wine expert, they can be an expert with the bottles they get from our friends at wineaccess.com. So many people who listen and watch have used it and have told us they loved it. They're going to use it again. We're in that category uh, as well, so... Uh, we appreciate them. We appreciate you at wineaccess.com slash ham. Yep, wineaccess.com slash ham. All right, here we go, John. Let's uh, dive into some things. One of the stories of the week has been um, something that uh, Jeremy Fowler said on SportsCenter on Saturday over the weekend. I'm told San Fran spent much of the OTAs and minicamp working on Trey Lance's mechanics, making sure things were compact. And the reason they wanted to get that down is so that in training camp, they can unleash the full arsenal. They can show him off as a runner. They don't want to put him in harm's way and have him take too many hits. But they love the dimension he can bring to Kyle Shanahan's attack because they couldn't do it with Jimmy Garoppolo. They could do it with Lance as a runner and a passer. You know, you and I talked about this before the draft. We talked about it with Mel Kuyper when Mel Kuyper was on the podcast, remember? And Mel said, ah, I don't remember that. Don't worry about his mechanics. And I'd be interested to hear kind of your perspective, having scouted guys, how much a quarterback's mechanics come up in draft rooms. Because sometimes the discussion is just, hey, a guy throws the way he throws. 
There's only so much you can do. Um, but you and I talked about this when we were at the Niners OTA practice that we attended, that even though it's hard to do an apples-to-apples comparison between him and Jimmy because they're not always throwing the same route, there are times where they take a snap simultaneously and I did think watching them that Jimmy consistently got rid of the ball quicker than Trey Lance did. Now, I do think one of Garoppolo's great attributes is that when he decides to throw, he gets rid of the ball. I do think he gets rid of the ball quickly to begin with. I don't know where he ranks from a, a statistical standpoint, um, but I do think his release is quick, right? So Trey Lance is going up against a guy that's been honing that release for a while. But nonetheless, is this something you think that can actually be improved in this short of amount of time? Because it looks like they think they're what is improving it, it. It, it is a defining attribute for Jimmy, for sure. And you just notice it at training camp, or the practice we're at, just relative to Trey Lance. Just, I mean, he gets rid of the ball fast. He does not have an elongated release. I think when you're scouting a guy, unless you're a former coach, I, I think you can see loopy releases, right? You, you could see that. My mom could see that. Uh, a Tim Tebow level release, right? Uh, I think Cam's always had a little bit of a funky release. And I think there were some questions, I know, from my scouting buddies that went through North Dakota State that thought it was a little long, elongated. Uh, So if you just work on matching a quicker release with your footwork so it's all kind of in one motion, just to make things faster. But I I am a big believer and just being a guy that has played a lot of golf – and who have worked on things over my life, and I think anyone who's played has a baseball player, any swing, and I think a, a throwing motion is very similar, you do have some muscle memory. So Trey Lance has been throwing like he's been throwing since he's been throwing a football, which I think it's he's 21, it's fair to say, pretty consistently, probably since 10 years old, right? Just been the quarterback for recess, junior high, high school. Like, you just... It's hard to break those habits. I don't think you can just snap a finger and get a different release pattern than you had before. But I think it's fair to say that the Niners isolated something in his mechanics that they want to improve on. I, I don't think you can just snap your fingers and think you have a new throwing motion, though. You know, so I, I think that's a, a positive thing. Like you, I also think when you read a headline like that, fundamentals sound so trivial I think in pro sports where I've always believed just the best players and the best players of our lifetime right Peyton Manning Tom Brady but you can use other sports as well Uh, Kobe Bryant I think Michael I'm sure baseball players for sure Derek Jeter they're fundamentals at their craft whether it's playing shortstop whether it's the footwork in the post whether it's Peyton Manning on his play action fakes they fucking, they master that. I bet if you went to a Colts practice in like 09, the individual period, like you and I, I think, know the vernacular if you're listening. Football practices are kind of broken up into individual, group, team, right? Individual, you're with your position. Group, running backs, quarterbacks, centers, right? Wide receivers, corners, D linemen, O linemen. And then you get together as the bitter group and you're constantly working on fundamentals that lead up to. 11 on 11, right? Which incorporate the play, but you have fundamentals within the play. You have to master the fundamentals before you can become a great player in a team setting. And that, that I think that works for any sport. You could argue probably any walk of life. The most basic things you do lead to the bigger things you do. And you just, I, I think it's more just establishing good habits, 
than trying to just change his fundamentals overnight, which to me, they're clearly trying to improve on some stuff, but I I don't think you can expect to see a dramatically different player than we're going to peek at on Thursday night or Wednesday night, excuse me. You know, uh, Steph Curry, right, famously changed his jump shot at a young age as a teenager, changed his jump shot to get a higher release. He was not, he had not grown much yet, but that was at a younger age. Um, I also think the, first of all, I think from a fundamental standpoint, like if we talk about fundamentals if you said let's rank nfl player fundamentals i think tom brady's footwork is something that comes up a lot right and that's the kind of thing that you can overcome for a short period of time when you're athletically maybe at your peak or when you're young enough to make up for mistakes that as time goes on if you don't have those ingrained fundamentals as you age i think that tends to be also where we start to see the issue in other words let's say trey trey lance doesn't have a as quick a release as you want as a rookie but He's very mobile within the pocket, can get out of trouble, can run, right? Those are things that maybe you can overcome. If Drew Brees didn't have incredible fundamentals, Drew Brees is probably out of the league who knows how many years ago, even with the brain he has. And we've seen the, the famous video that Reggie Bush took of Drew practicing on air in the practice dome two years ago. Was it two years ago or last year? Whichever. Um, like, it's not fake. It's very real. I think the question with Trey, this idea that – this is what I would ask a quarterback coach. So you're going to work on his fundamentals here for 40 days, and then you're going to say, okay, the idea is that when we get back, he's going to be ready to roll. I do think there's probably an element of you don't really know how tight you have whatever you're working on until you're playing against live bullets, right? That's what like I'm saying you can ing- because you resort back to muscle memory. Yeah, you can ingrain right? it until all of a sudden you know, the rhythm's off because the receiver got jammed and there's a pass rush and somebody missed a block and – X, Y, Z. So I think it'll take time, which is fine. It's this guy does not have part of the, one of the questions with Trey Lance is also why there's so much upside, right? There's not a lot that he's really done live action quarterbacking a football team. He hasn't done a lot of it beyond high school. And and I think you hit it on best. You never truly know what you have to work on until you play in live situations. I think you hear it a lot with baseball players. Like if you want to get really inside baseball and the nitty gritty and just follow and read about a team and young players, how they can hit a pitch. They go back down. They work on the pitch. They work on the pitch. They're like, I think they got it. But then they maybe come back up to the big leagues. They still can't hit the pitch. There's just that hole in the swing that they just can't change it, right? I think a golf swing is a great example. Tiger's really the only guy who changes golf swing over and over because most times – I know the thing in golf, and I think this is the same in baseball, same in any sport, pressure, just your, your body just oh, I reacts. I thought you didn't go low Well, no. no the, I, Bust pipes and creates you, you diamonds just, or whatever. You, you, you can't, yeah. <laughs> pressure, yeah. Because <laughs> you, you can't think when you play. And part of Tom, what makes Tom Brady great, right, his footwork is ingrained. Peyton Manning's footwork was ingrained. Right, Derek Jeter turn it. Or Brandon Crawford's a good example. It's just the way he plays at shortstop now. It's he doesn't think he just plays. Right, you watch John Rom. John Rom's just playing, but you built that up. And, and the throwing motion is a good example of Trey may never have to do the level of not that he shouldn't, but things that Drew Brees had to do to overcome his physical limitations. But he will have to master just the basic fundamentals of. Part of why Drew Brees, remember that, was like in the end zone, was like thinking about his red zone yeah. looks. Like Drew can't run, right? Drew knows if 
Shit hits the fan, and I got nowhere to go, and I don't know my read immediately based on the seven different coverages I could see. I'm fucked. Wait, there is an element that Trey is going to have that you just got to meet that balance because at the end of the day, when shit hits the fan, you can just take off. <laughs> right? I mean, that's, that's part of the deal. Because part of it was like, Jimmy, don't run! But you didn't want Jimmy to run because he couldn't run away from anybody. Part of it's like, Trey, go! <laughs> that's, that, that to me is a big difference with a running quarterback. You, you want- and then, which I don't know, I'm interested to see. I remember just with Michael Vick, for example, you were always nervous with him running because he couldn't slide. Right. So you're like, oh my God, he's going to take a big hit. That's the thing with Russell. You're like, take off, Russell, because you know he'll just yeah. slide. Yep. Here's a quick preview, John. So I, I, I'm fascinated to see, and we won't know till we start watching him run. Like, what's his running style like? Is it like avoiding? I know we'll see what he did in North Dakota State, but what's the first time when he sees NFL speed? Minka Fitzpatrick yeah. and him at the corner, right? Well, I, or whoever. I think he's going mean, to try and just go through the schedule. Look, should we just just a just one one quick preview of Wednesday night? We're watching uh, for those of you listening to the podcast. Just a little watching. I think one thing that'll come up too as we watch him is you know the the this goes back to the hard thing to judge some of these guys that he's playing are not nfl players the majority Wait, that's of them not J- jamal adams or <clears throat> jalen ramsey or JJ i think it was Watt? ed reed i think it was an all-star barnstorming team made up of just elite safeties gotcha. but anyway uh, I, I i look the point is buddha baker buddha buddha, buddha baker? was not there nope <laughs> buddha was not there uh who's the guy the Cardinals but that's drafted the thing. last like, year like Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons, Simmons was not there. W- wouldn't you say in this division, Buda Baker, I mean Jalen Ramsey will rock. Jamal him, Adams and Jamal Adams. I mean that's those are some guys that are yeah. coming, yeah. right? I, I bet I bet the two guys, Jamal Adams and Buda Baker, will take a lot of pride whenever this guy plays. If he plays against them as a rookie, that's a big moment for those two. Like okay, well, motherfucker, you know, I dare you to. This take goes off. back. There's a res- is there a responsibility for? Kwaski, Tart, and Jimmy Ward. They can't hit him. But is there a way to send the mess? Is there a way to give him what feels more like NFL live speed looks, right? You miss this opportunity when you can't get hit in practice because you at least know those guys would pull up a little bit. So we'll have to wait till the till the preseason. Yeah. I, I, those guys, you touch them. No, no, I'm not suggesting they hit him. I'm just saying. Packing your shit. Those guys would be great guys. to They, they're, they do that to other quarterbacks, right? But it, but it is the problem with trying to evaluate your your young quarterback in a practice. You don't truly know what you have till that guy doesn't have to slow down in the last yeah. step. Yeah, until and who knows? Maybe the instincts of the quarterback does a three sixty and he makes until the quarterback's that's playing a, a game about. that he knows they can't hit him in, or they can hit him in. Well, I bet you, I, I'll never forget. I think it was Thursday night football, Browns. Carolina Panthers and Johnny Manziel in the NFL I'm sure in practice was like running away from guys and all of a sudden he takes off and this guy I think he goes by the name of Luke Keekley was like I don't think you're going to beat me to the sideline and destroyed him like you watch a lion on a gazelle in the Serengeti and I bet Johnny for the first time was like oh that that's a middle linebacker not a corner not a safety the middle linebacker who is way bigger than Johnny remember Luke was yeah. big I mean <laughs> Destroyed yeah. him. Uh, harrowing wisdom on YouTube says, Buda Baker sees Kyler every day in practice. He's way more used to playing against mobile quarterbacks. Well, I just think Buda Baker's a baller. <laughs> like, I just think. 
All right, let love that guy. I know we're pro Buddha. We, we're, we're pro safeties on this. We're pro a lot of things on this. Do show. you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember watching him in college? Like, was he their sweet yeah. dude? Yeah, he was sweet. Come, I mean, they had several <laughs> sweet dudes, right? I mean, they. You think about what they produced. Kevin King, Sidney Jones, who tore his Achilles yeah. coming out. But they got another guy this so year. Their Trent defensive supposed to be good. I mean, their defensive backfield had King, who's a starter for the Packers. Sidney Jones, who was clearly a dude before his Achilles ripped at the pro day. And Buda Baker, like that's a pretty elite secondary for Pac-12 stars, uh, right? I mean, that'd be good in the SEC. And Byron Jones, who's on the Cowboys, different Byron Jones, different. Uh, gotcha. The guy, I think he's on the but Dolphins now. He was a drafted now. player. Oh, the corner. Wait, was that his name, Byron Jones? Was he on the Cowboys? Well, there was a Byron Jones on the I Cowboys, like but that. it's a different Byron. Maybe Byron. Maybe I've got the name wrong. I feel like Byron Jones on Byron Murphy. I'm sorry, Byron yeah, Murphy. Who's he? Byron Murphy. Where's he? Uh, Arizona, I think. Isn't he there too? Uh, oh, the the yeah. DB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a little younger in those DBU. Guys, they right? said like Tennessee just drafted Elijah Molden, whose dad played in the league. Good fit. God, they are producing a lot they of are. DBs. Uh, okay, John. Next up, something that happened over the weekend, and then something that happened on Tuesday morning. Um, first, Adam Rank, who. Uh, you know, it's just a legend in the Niner community because he predicted they'd go three and thirteen the year they went to the Super Bowl, and he wears it well. Uh, he wrote for twenty twenty one to be a success, the Niners must make the Super Bowl. And then I take that and combine it with what Warren Sharp tweeted on Tuesday: uh, a list for those of you who haven't seen it, winning seasons since two thousand and three, and he ranked the most winning seasons since two thousand three. The New England Patriots with seventeen. There's nobody with sixteen. There's nobody with fifteen. Seattle has the second most winning seasons since 2003. They have 14. Then at 13, I mean, you could guess some of these teams, right? 13 winning seasons since 03, Indy, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. Kansas City. Seattle sneaky had a pretty good two-decade <laughs> run, huh? Holmgren and Pete. Uh, yeah. The Holmgren, I think, gets forgotten probably, that this run is longer yeah. than Pete. Then we rattle down the list. Four winning seasons since 03, Detroit, Jacksonville, San Francisco. And to me, this, this list by Warren Sharp highlights why Adam Rank's proclamation that it's Super Bowl or bust is incorrect. And you and I have talked about this in the Shanahan era and big picture. This organization's next first step is not go win the Super Bowl. Just because they were in the Super Bowl two years ago doesn't mean they have to win the Super Bowl. But the standard does need to be boom or bust is great if you boom. But it's been too many busts in the last you know, 25 years. Now, recently, there have been some high highs. But the standard this year for me is not win the Super Bowl or even go to the Super Bowl. It's just go back to the playoffs and establish once again that you are what we think Kyle Shanahan is as one of the best teams in the league. And by best teams, I don't mean top three even this year. I just mean be among the regulars that we don't worry about. We don't ever talk about, we don't spend months talking about Pittsburgh. Are they ever going to make the playoffs again? Green Bay. Is this the year they bust? The Niners have busted. They've boomed, but they've busted too much. Um, for you know, the way we talk about them is built on four four years since '03. It's pretty crazy. I actually, I actually think it symbolizes though, kind of the NFL in the sense of from '03 to '10, <clears throat> the Niners were a joke. <clears throat> Those two teams below them on that list for the people watching on YouTube, if you can't see, the worst team in the league was the Raiders, and the second worst team in the league was the Browns. I mean, those two teams, there's no one at three 
Cleveland's made the playoffs twice. I don't remember the other time. I know it happened, but I do remember the Raiders' time because that was when Derek broke his leg. Or Connor Cook. But the difference there is the Niners were Cleveland and the Raiders from ten to thir- or three to ten, right? Tom Sula, Nolan, Jed's dad, like they were a laughing stock. I'll never forget in college when I just kind of tuned them out because they were so terrible. And the conversation, I, I was way more into USC and Pete and Matt Leiner, and the conversation was like they both, neither of them. Matt Leiner's going back to school, and Pete doesn't want to coach the Niners. I just whether that was true or not, I don't. I was I was a college kid, but I remember that feeling very serious. Yeah. And most people were like, "Yeah, if I was Pete, I'd stay. T- I wouldn't fucking touch the Niners." And it wasn't even that crazy. And then really, they've been defined by two coaches, right? Harbaugh and then Kyle. Like they have been kind of like a college program, right? They have not been. Even Harbaugh was loaded with Pro Bowlers. He was the star of the team. The Niners. Not quite the star power, but in his one big year, they did make the Super Bowl. Kyle was the star. And it's like, when you get the right head coach, you got a chance. But back to what I've always said about Kyle, say what you want about Harbaugh, three of the four years, his roster was better when he inherited it, but it was, they were not winning before he got there. He went to the playoffs three or four years. Three straight NFC championships, and then his shittiest year was eight and eight. Like, Kyle's shitty years have been drafting really yeah. high. And that, like you said, ultimately to be, I mean, look at, to me, that second line after Seattle, Indy, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. What do all those have? Like, every year just feels like, for 20 years, basically, those programs and organizations, programs, programs. and organizations and franchises, like, their fans, there's not one of those teams right now whose fan doesn't go, if this shit goes well, I mean, we, we definitely are in the championship game. I think, right? yeah, John, I, I would characterize it this way. Do you have a chance? There's a lot of luck that has to happen. I think I saw, I tried to buy the book, but it's not out till October. There's a new Patriots book that's coming out in October by, um, I don't know who. Current? I don't think it's Holly? current. I don't think it's Holly. It's, it's, it's uh, what's his it's name? It's Wickersham. Yeah, can't wait. And one of the excerpts or one of the highlights I saw was like, one of the things that the Patriots have had going for them and if you've been watching them, you know this, and it's okay to say this. I always say this. You can say a team that won a championship had luck because every team in the history of any sport that's ever won a title, except like the Dream Team, needed a little bit of like USA softball in the 90s, needed a little bit of luck. Most championships are not won by bulldozers, right? Most championships, Alabama's needed luck. Everybody has needed luck for the most part to win a title. So there's nothing dirty about I think, t- I think Tiger, Tiger won the U.S. <clears throat> Tiger won the U.S. Open, I think, by 15 shots at Pebble Beach. He was lucky. Could have won it by 12. Could have gotten dicey. (laughs) You're right. He's in the category. I might have those mixed up. But, yeah, it's But for the most part, like... It's like Tiger dream team. I mean, it doesn't happen. But what I would say is you you, you just need to be in position to to have a shot for a few things to go your way, right? And that's what Indy and Green Bay and Pittsburgh and Baltimore are. And if we talk about about Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, we're like, that's kind of crazy they don't have another one. And Drew Brees, it's kind of crazy they don't have another one. It is. It is. But they are in the mix all the time. Your fan base starts a year knowing we got a shot here. And then the postseason rolls around and we got a shot here. And that is well, so much I, of I what got sports it. is about. If you're creating a fan base, is give, making your fan base feel for 12 months or 8 months, we got a shot here. And then, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Well, if I got every Packer fan and said, instead of just your one championship the last two decades, 
I think I know Rodgers has been to five NFC Championship games. Favre definitely lost. Remember to the Tom Coughlin face uh, that Eli Manning team one year, but I don't know if that was the NFC Championship game. But like, would you take away all those years to just add one extra Super Bowl? So you just have one more Super Bowl with either Favre or Rodgers. But all those years where you were just fucking good. And all year long, you're like, this is sweet. And our guy's throwing it around. And people are like, Rodgers is a beast. Would you rather just suck? You know, like the Browns or the Jags. Would you rather just be four or five win teams where by mid-October it's just over? I think the answer is no. The answer is no. Because it's sweet being in the middle. And I'll tell you. The- Especially the, the answer is no when, when you've already won one for sure. So once you've already won one, it's like the, part of what I think the pushback is that makes the Niners really unique is of that 03 is basically 18 years, depending sometimes if you count it, maybe it's 19, but the Niners really their last 10 years have been pretty good. They've been to four NFC championships in 10 years and two Super Bowls. Like how many teams in that stretch over that period of time have accomplished that? It's been a unique little it run. Has. Right? It has been very different. It, but I, I think the reason... Because from 03 to 10, they were, they were complete. Deaths. I think if you're going to say, John, well, with hindsight, I, I, yeah, I'd rather have the championships than all the competitive years. That's something you say with hindsight when you're thinking about arguing about, you know, with your buddy who's a fan of another team. You're like, oh, we got three championships. Yeah, but you don't know. No one goes, yeah, but our winning percentage over an eight-year span was 650. <laughs> right? You can't win an argument like that. But if I said to think about it in the future... Right, and I don't. Let's try and calibrate what this hypothetical would be in the next ten years. Your favorite team wins a Super Bowl and goes to another, but misses the playoffs in six of the ten years. Versus, uh, I don't know. Let's say actually, let's put it this way: wins two Super Bowls but misses the playoffs in six years. Like kind of the I don't know if the Giants miss the playoffs that much under Coughlin, but would you want your future to be next ten years six playoff misses? two championships, or let's say one playoff miss, one championship. Is that I, the two championships? I Yeah, I mean, I... No, we're talking about six I, years I, I in think which the, your team is not a playoff team. I don't think the Giants would trade. No, I don't think they would two, either, because that's what happened. They, they they wouldn't. They wouldn't. But it's like, but they, they, they beat Belichick and Brady twice. You know, it's just, it's part of, to me, who that's they true. beat. They run both times. It, it does matter. I, I, I just know this, and I, I defend Rodgers and the Packers all the time. They have not been a failure because they only have two Super Bowls to show for it. They have six MVPs between Favre and Rodgers. Six. Think that spans, guy, from 1995 or six through 2021, he was announced the MVP. And think of all the winning years. Like that is, you don't trade that. You think the Colts fans would trade all those sweet badass years for like to be shitty that whole time, but you have one extra championship? Like, no. Part of being sweet is being sweet every year. You're not going to win it every year. Like, what the dream team and tight like those are all time outliers. Even Belichick, that we're never seeing anything close to that again. I actually think that they skewed it. Like they really skewed the way people view. Like, why don't we have more chips? Like. Winning one or two back in the day was a big fuck. Parcells and Belichick and those Giants teams are all-time legends. They just had two. No one's ever like, should have had five. It's like two sweet. Coughlin and Eli are held to such high standard at their, the two. 
Like, that's a big deal. The six? Like, that's... What Brady's doing is like, don't even consider Tom. Tom has nothing in common with anyone else. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, they have been all-time successes. In my 35 years of life, they're on a short list of like all-time greats, any sport. But I think both guys kind of get nitpicked. It's like, Seattle, we should have done more. Rodgers, we didn't quite get over. No, it's like, it's been pretty good. So there's a balance. Part, of, But what they do, different from the Niners, for example, they do go to the playoffs every year. Yeah. Like, I think Kyle just needs to go on a run of just, can you, can you just, what Andy's doing now in Kansas City. Now, he's raised the bar a little bit, but, like, no matter what these next couple years, they're going to be in the mix in the second and third round. Then, like you said, do they drop an interception? Does Patrick Mahomes roll an ankle? Who knows? But, like, you just know we got a chance every year to win a Super Bowl. And that's really all you can ask for. Because part of the cool part about what we do and talk about is like the anticipation leading up to it. Right. But, the, but I, here's what I know. Having now done this with you a while and seen some awful Raider and Niner teams, shitty sucks. Like really no sucks. No question. I, I, personally biased, it's terrible for business. It's apathetic for the fans. It stinks. When you're, when you're good and you're interesting, your fan base quadruples in size well no one likes to get together a large percentage of the people that watch your team don't care when you lose but they do care when you john it's it's way more fun on a thursday night at your favorite bar campus to say uh good outdoor area to say to talk about what you're doing saturday then talk about what you're doing next year right when your team sucks you spend a lot of time talking about next year what are we going to do next year it's like no i'd rather just talk about what we're doing saturday night let's talk about what we're doing on saturday yeah you got a concert you know who doesn't? T- you know who doesn't talk about the draft on Halloween? The Steelers, the Chiefs, Zolak, the Packers, Seattle, Zolak. Right? Like, would you take the? You Packers- know who talks about the draft? You know who talks about the draft? October thirty first, losing t- losers, and, and it, the people that cover losing teams. Like that's just it sucks. We've done it. I hate. If it. I said right now, I don't totally hate it as long as it might be yeah, a quarterback. Be a, but now we know the. You Niners like it more win. when you're drafting, you know, at the top. Uh, if I said right now, take it or leave it. The next, however many years it would be, 10, 11 years, would you take the Packers 09 to 20 for your favorite team? Or would you roll the dice that you can be better than lost a wild card game, won the Super Bowl, lost the divisional, lost the divisional, lost the wild card, lost the conference championship, lost the divisional, lost the conference championship, missed the playoffs, missed the playoff, conference championship game, conference championship game. So that's one, one Super Bowl, four uh, conference title games. How many division <laughs> championships? Excuse me. Uh, one, one, two, they, three, like four, five, six, seven divisional championships. Won the Super Bowl so as, a, s- as a wild card team. So in a 10-year span, would I sign up as a fan uh, for seven division championships, five championship games, and a Super Bowl, and a quarterback that won three MVPs? Without fucking hesitation, you'd have to be on crack cocaine to say no to that. 12-year 12 12 year span, yeah, and two missed playoffs. Yeah, I think you would take it too. And the fact that you win one Super Bowl changes the whole thing, right? That's the one thing. Like if you the were, Niners haven't I'll, actually I'll, I'll won get, that if game. If you were a Kansas two. City Chief fan, if you were a Kansas City Chief fan right now, would you would you thumbs up or thumbs down that right now? So yeah, one more I, Super Bowl and all you'd and probably all the thumbs down games. it. But I think it's riskier than it probably than we probably act like it is. I think it'd be pretty risky to thumbs down one more title because with Mahomes, it's like ah, can he win five? It's like. Maybe, but the odds are no. The odds are he's not going to win two more. Do you agree with that? What's more likely yeah, he wins two more or none more? 
uh, with him it's tough. I know. <laughs> because he's going to be in the mix a lot. You'd say historically you'd probably have to lean zero. I, if I had to put like tangible cash on it. You'd, you'd bet two. I, yeah, I, you'd bet two more if you're putting some money on it. Yeah. More fun to bet that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other part of it. I'd probably make that bet depending on what the odds were. Um, John, let's tell the people about our friends at Gabby.com slash ham. Gabby.com slash ham. Right now, go get started. Gabby.com slash ham. We've done it. This is where you go to check your car, your home insurance policy. Literally, it stands. G-A-B-I for get a better insurance. Guy, they're the one true comparison platform with real rates. They give you apples-to-apples comparisons of your current coverage. You and I did it, and we were lucky. We had the right coverage. We were not going to save any money. But here's the thing. Gabby customers have saved 961 real dollars. This is net income. This is after taxes per year on average. Not Almost $1,000 a year saving insurance. That's, that's a big deal, guy. I can't recommend them enough. Gabby.com slash ham. The one true comparison platform. Progressive. Nationwide. Travelers. All in one place. It's free to use. They never sell you information. No, no annoying spam or robocalls. Put your policy to the test like we did. Free to check. No obligation. Gabby.com slash ham. That's Gabby.com slash ham. Let's also tell the people Do about now. True Niagen. True Niagen. If you've ever felt drained after your favorite exercise, right? Maybe, maybe you hike, maybe you bike, maybe you do a little weight training, maybe it's all body weights, whatever you're doing, not anymore. True Niagen fuels the body's energy engines, maintains cellular metabolism, and even supports heart health. Guy, I love True Niagen. I use it today for a little workout uh, because here's the key. Fueling the body's energy engines, it maintains the cellular metabolism and even supports heart health. Healthy heart, healthy life. Uh, since taking True Niagen, it helps my muscles recover. I got I got a little lift in today. Mm, Someone at the gym tell. told me a couple weeks ago, one of the trainers, he just came over. He's like, I got a little piece of advice for you. He said, slow down. You let your muscle muscle slow down between sets or during. You were just like going too fast. During, I, I was I was going yeah. rapid fire. I you know I don't truly know what I'm just trying to get a little sweat, and uh, I, I felt better. And my muscles are recovering. I have more zest for life. I mean, look at me. I'm fired up for life. I took a true niagen. Luckily, they sent us some. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. I've been using it pretty consistently now the last two weeks. Yeah, they did. Here's the, the, I still so right now, new customers can save 10%. Yeah, you got the box right there. Uh, by going to trueniagen.com. Trueniagen.com slash ham. Use the cone ham once you're there. That's T-R-U-N-I-A-G-E-N, trueniagen.com slash ham. And then once you're here, there, use a little promo code ham. Promo code ham. Save 10%. No big deal. Again, we're just giving out giving out uh, cheap stuff. Thank us later. We appreciate your By support. By just telling your friends and using yeah. our promo codes. Yeah, we do. Uh, can we take a uh, brief nose? Really yeah. quick, guys. Th- these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Legalities. Just making a note of that. Try to be above yep. board here in Haberman and Milkoff. We don't want follow the rules. Just making a note. Um, uh, before we move on, John, I'm going to mute my microphone and blow my nose. <laughs> Haberman's got a little bit of the sniffles. 
And when you got the sniffles, sometimes you have to, uh, you know, blow your nose. Now, what's the key to a good nose blow? You check it afterwards. Ew, that is fucking disgusting. I never... Well, you gotta know, it's, it's how you, like, kind of... Ugh. What? You don't check? I have never, ever... No, I'd throw it away. You gotta know what you're working with. Like, is it clear? Is it yellow? Is there blood? Am I making progress? Am I getting this stuff you, out? You bleed out of your nose? My nose is really dry, so sometimes if I'm blowing my nose for four days, five days, like I've been doing, you know, you get a little, a little redness. Yes, yes. I, I understand. Yeah, if your nose gets dry, I, I never check. I check. I just want to. I, I, you know, I feel like some. I feel a sense of accomplishment. Sometimes I, I I'm big on if I'm outside, I'll do a, a oaky blow, snout rocket. Yeah, good oaky blow. Yeah, love <laughs> a good oaky blow. Let me just. Uh, <laughs> I was going to edit this out of the podcast, but I think we've we've you know people can weigh in. Or do you check or do you not check the yeah. tissue? That's the real question. That's the question of the day. <clears throat> Rob on YouTube. Ugh. How do you not check? <laughs> I have never, ever checked a tissue. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm, it's blown out gross <laughs> stuff. I just, that's, 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 that is disgusting. To me, when you're blowing your nose for five days, you need a progress report. Yeah, I just, yeah. Felt good to get that out, though, I'll tell you that. Yeah, sometimes you gotta you gotta let it blow, you know. <laughs> All right. I hmm. honestly though, in, in fair, I don't get that stuffy. I've never been a. I don't really get allergies. I don't. I guess every once in a while I get sick, but. Yeah, I don't. I just don't get that nasally. We gotta check. We gotta definitely don't check. <laughs> we gotta check, or you're a psycho. We gotta always check. It's natural to look. You guys are nuts. <laughs> you guys are crazy. Not only check, get someone to verify, says James. Oh, my. We have some nut jobs. I think you're the nut job. Paul, Paul I says, I don't look. I think you guys are look. wackos. Ugh. But like I said, I, I'm not a consistent. I, I do think, like, you get allergies. No. Do you, do you, is there periods of the year where you're blowing your no, nose? No, I don't get allergies. I've also always believed... Old school people used to do this. You know, my dad was a farmer, so I was around a lot of farmers. They're big on, like, keeping the handkerchief in their pocket. Yeah. You know, my grandpa yeah. used to do this, Woody, uh, R.I.P. Woody. That, great to grandpa me, name. is, uh, it is a great grandpa name. It's one of the most disgusting things in the history of disgusting <clears throat> things. Now, if you just have a little, you know, Dude, whatever, sorry. but if it's your, if it's your level... And you are blowing that level stuff and putting it back into your pocket. I've and Woodrow Middlecoff uh, did it consistently, and it would just go back in his pocket like you would a pen or something. You're like, this is insane. I'm with you. Someone once offered me a, their handkerchief, and I've never, I've never forgotten the absolute disgust. Like, no, I'm good. I will use my shirt. Thank you, uh, Saul Haberman, aka Bama. SOL, changed his name from S-A-U-L to S-O-L for an unknown reason in like 1951. Um, <clears throat> but he went by Bama in the Haberman house. Always tissues in every pocket. Always tissues. But never... Yeah. I, I do think the older generation, it was... 
you'd put your socks on, your pants on, your shirt you on. You'd, you'd grab that little ch- handkerchief and you'd start rocking and rolling some tissues. I mean, it was, I, you couldn't pay me. What would be like, John, what would I have to pay you every day to carry that thing around? Minimum would start at like a thousand dollars a day to even have that. If I, do if you, I was going to, do you think it. that generation didn't pick its nose too much dirt on their fingernails? I, you know, I, 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 if, if one day when I, uh, I'm hopefully head upstairs and I can just, I have some, I'm going to write down some questions I got for Woody. Just there's things in that generation that maybe they worked, maybe they didn't. Uh, I don't know. Did some different yeah. things. Golly. I don't, I don't remember ever seeing my grandpa pick his nose. Maybe it just morphed into like cowboys and Indians, right? They used to wear those things. So they just had them on them. Well, tish, like, I just think tissues didn't exist, right? You just, you used a handkerchief because you could wash it and use it again tomorrow. Do you know, I heard someone say a while back, one thing that changed geographically in America that led people like moving to the South. And definitely, I think, you know, the desert out here, Vegas and Arizona really benefit from this. It's been a while, but like AC didn't exist till like the mid fifties, like consistently in homes. Imagine in like the thirties, like, it's not like we just started getting hot in the world, right? 40, 50 years ago. Can you imagine in like Florida or Arizona or Texas in like 1939 with no fucking air conditioning? I mean, I would. I think about I it every time, time I watch a breakdown. Movie. It's insane. You had a mental breakdown when? A couple years ago, when this last year when this thing went out and yeah. it was 90 degrees. That was that was 24 hours. 24 hours. I, I thought I was ready to jump. I think I told you I watched... That's how they lived. Django, before we get back to this, I watched Django the other day, and there's a scene where like eight guys are hanging out in a, in a just a little hut, and one guy is just sitting in a tub washing himself, you know, his bath for the week. <clears throat> and for as immersive as we want the entertainment experience to be, 360, and make it feel like you were there, the fact that we don't have odor connected to old movies is a blessing that... You know, I hope never leaves us the stench of like, I don't know, every year of existence pre 19, whatever year, the uh, air conditioner and running water, probably just running water. Forget about the AC. Just when people started taking showers on a weekly or daily, daily, semi daily basis, I'm sh- the world changed. The world changed. Well, guy, when we I can't imagine we what it Arizona would smell from- like if we went time machine to an old saloon in the West right now. We were in air when we were driving to one of the golf courses over Memorial Day weekend. Kind of had a long drive out through the desert to Wico Pow. And Hawkins looks and he goes, You know, this would have been a tough place for the Cowboys and Indians to just call home because it's just desert. It's hot as shit. There is no fucking grass and there is no water. And I think that obviously all of Nevada to Arizona over to New Mexico, like. That is just tough country. There is no water. With cowboys and Indians, they, some of them live in some of these areas, right? Like you just—it's way easier to live. Like where'd you, uh, where'd you, how did you handle the prairie? You know, Malibu wasn't too bad. You know, another guy's like, you ever been to New Mexico, son? Like holy shit! I think our country out here, that New Mexico, Arizona. Now, the way Arizona has been, they've honestly it kind of has some similarities, in my opinion, to like sack meets kind of like a big city because it's got so much room and space but like they've really just put so much cash into it and there's so much business and just explosion of kind of what the sack we grew up on if you just drive through sack now it's just so big and it's so industrialized 
but it was just I just remember it being really hot. And I yeah. think the Valley kind of has this vibe relative to like San Francisco and LA. And even like when I went to Cal Poly, it's just a lot different on this side than it is on the Valley right. side. It's a little right. tougher. I think the tougher country relative to our Valley relative to like Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico. I'm, I haven't spent that much time in Texas, but I think that kind of area too is dramatically tougher. Not to country. mention to get here, you had to go through the Rocky mountains. Right. And it's cold as depending on what time of year, even if you, Probably go to even if you could did it during the summer, which you would do, it was still freezing cold at night. Right? Yeah, that's why they ate each other. <laughs> Remember that crew? What was the uh, what was the movie? Donner Party. No, but what was the movie where uh, Leo like sleeps inside of a dead horse? Oh, uh, the rever- the, the reverend. reverend. Yeah. All right. The bear. A bear. A bear. A dead bear. I thought he slept inside of a dead horse. What did he do with his horse? Oh, yeah, he also slept inside the dead. Remember the horse, they went off the hill when they were yeah. being chased by yeah. the Indians? And then he went after, is it Tom Hardy? Is that the guy's name? Tom Hart. uh, Tom to Hardy. kill him? I think so, yes. Yeah. And then Leo hunted him down. Really? Actually, better movie. Pretty watchable yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when I got into it, I'm like, this is, I heard it's long and it's kind of slow, and but I really liked it. I mean, Leo, not come bad. on. Yeah. Not come on. Yeah, not bad. He's had a good okay, one. John, next up. Um, who are we betting against? The other day we did the NFC West odds, and um, the Cardinals have the longest odds, and we had some reaction from people on the YouTube video that's thought that the Cardinals were good value. Uh, we've had a few NFL arrests in the last couple days. I mean, it's hard to top NFL arrest Uzi and a Lambo, Frank Clark. Two words that are yeah. fun to say. Not a great combo. When you hear the whoop, whoop, Uzi and a Lambo. Zayvon Collins of the Cardinals, John, their first round pick, 76 and a 35. Uh, I mean this without, I'm not kidding. Lucky that no one got hurt, right? He, he was just doing 76 and a 35, which is nuts, but could have been a lot worse. Anytime I see that and that's all that happened, you go, thank God there wasn't some kid in a crosswalk. I, I do think it depends on the road setup. I, you know, I think there are road setups where I'm sure it's, that'd be outrageous. And there are probably other ones that it's not as crazy. But he did get arrested. Like, if me or you did 30, 75 in a 36, are we automatically getting arrested? I, I didn't know that reckless driving was an immediate arrest. So I, I just have the situation red flag when I see the guy got arrested. Because I just, at 21, did I, I mean, I, I, I would consider myself a borderline speeder now. Uh, not on that level. But I, I do think the road, you know, Setup, I would judge differently if I saw it. I had to get on the ground floor. Uh, I think that's fair. You would say having your first round pick arrested, not ideal. Uh, some things tend to happen starting in June, July. Are the Cardinals in a position to, are we in a position to sell on the Cardinals? Not because of Zayvon Collins necessarily, but it does feel like last year people got pretty bullish on them. And I think. You in particular early. I still think when you have a really good quarterback, you got a shot. But the problem is then he started getting hurt. And Cliff, I don't think, is Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan here. And how many coaches now has Steve Kime had? Is this his third coach that he's on? Third, yeah. Which is you know, not typical, I don't think, for a GM in terms of sustainability. Yeah, I think he's in a little trouble. Uh, I, I, I've thought all along this kind of group – him and Cliff, 
are on the hot seat. And Steve Keim has really been, you'd say, more of a disaster over his tenure in the sense of things that have gone wrong than obviously Cliff. Uh, he, he's in charge of the draft. He drafted a player who I was told, this guy's good. Like, this guy was a top 20 prospect. You know, I had heard the Raiders were going to take him. One of the reasons they took Leatherwood is they had planned on him and they couldn't trade back. They wanted this guy. This guy was a red flag guy. This guy was off. A, I talked to a team. He wasn't even on their board. Uh, and Kime has a history. And I'm not anti-drafted red flag guy, so I'd be a hypocrite to act like I wouldn't do that either if I was in their shoes. Uh, I, I learned from two coaches who were pro red flag guys. And I think you have to be as coaches, you know, what Kyle Frank Clark plays for the chiefs on the opposite. Yeah. I mean, so it's like Andy is as liberal as it gets when it comes to those type players. So I'm not, I, Xavier Collins wouldn't have been off my board, but Steve Kime got a DUI, uh, Robert Nadike, remember that guy from Ole Miss that they had drafted? Remember he got pulled over with a bunch of cocaine and Arizona light, then you have a one-and-done coach. Like, this guy is, to me, his... If they don't make the playoffs, I would envision all these guys getting fired. All of them. And I I, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Like, I, I, I think this... Think how much money they spent this offseason on... They had a top 16 pick. They just got this guy. They buy J.J. Watt. They spend a decent amount. I mean, they Green. spend a, $6 million on A.J. Green. And clearly, there's just pressure anytime you have the number Hopkins one overall year. pick. Yeah. Remember, they gave him a ton of money. They basically guaranteed him. He became the highest paid wide receiver, remember? It was like equivalent of a two-year contract, but they gave him like $40 million. Boom. And to me, though, the kicker, not the actual kicker, but the kicker in the situation is when you draft a quarterback number one overall, I would say if you say within three years should you be in the playoffs, if he's like a hit, you'd be like 100%. Especially when they do have talent around the guy. Like Buda Baker, good player. Chandler Jones, good player. You draft Isaiah Simmons in the first round. You draft this linebacker in the first round. You obviously have a ton of guys on offense. They don't make the playoffs this year. I think everyone's getting fired. And I think uh, you have a new new administration there. I think it would be fascinating. Who knows how they'd go? I I don't know. Because they've had the same general manager who, again, like I'm not, I actually think Steve Keim has drafted a lot of good players. He just has had some guys get in trouble. And two, he struggled with his coach. He hit a home run on Bruce Arians. I don't know if, however it worked, package deal, Kaim hired him, owner hired him. However, they were together and they dominated. But since then, like Steve Wilkes and Cliff Kingsbury, if you and I co-owned an NFL team, neither of us would allow either one of those guys to be our head coach. (laughs) What is the primary transgression, I think, for Kaim? And we'll see how this year plays out. But that he had a one-and-done coach, right? The last two one-and-done coaches were Tom Sula and Chip Kelly. And obviously, the owner doesn't fire himself. But the administration that did that is gone. Freddie. And Freddie. Freddie Kitchens, thank you. John Dorsey got fired for that. So I, I think that's probably number one. But even above that, you'd say it's a really hard division. And that's that is, I think, probably something that has saved them. What? Balky, Balky had two Balky one had and two done one coaches in back to back years. <laughs> <laughs> two one and duns. How do you have two one and done coaches? Two one and duns. Um, one of them being an internal promotion probably helps, I guess. But you know they haven't made the playoffs since 2015, which was his third year as the GM. They made the playoffs two out of honestly three pretty uh, 
pretty nuts, honestly, looking back, that Balky survived Tom Sula because the John Dorsey, Freddie Kitchens, internal promotion sometimes are worse. Now, I wonder if the deep details were, and I think this has been reported on, that it wasn't. Yeah, see, that's what I think saves you a little bit, right, is it's a group, a group, group rally around Jimmy T. Well, who was the other guy? Oh, it turned out to be Adam Gase. And Adam Gase. But it was between between Adam Adam Gase Gase and and Tom Sula. (laughs) Um. But I mean, we're talking about seven and eight, seven wins, eight wins, three wins, five wins, eight wins. You're saying since Arians? I'm saying since that, yes, yeah, since since they last made the playoffs. This is Steve Kimes' tenure, yeah. and I think I, Arians last year was eight and eight, and then they've had the shitty year, the Josh Rosen year with Wilkes, and then they've had the two years with Cliff. What was their record last eight and eight. year? Seven and nine. Amazingly. And remember, they stumbled down the stretch. So. They, it felt at one point in time, it felt like God. My prediction is going to be wrong. They're going to go ten and six, right? Because mid season, it looked like they were. I mean, not quite a shoe in, but as close as you could be to shoe in without being a shoe in to make the playoffs. It's pretty crazy they missed the playoffs. Uh, yeah, it is. But then you kind of when you watch they fell apart when down you the watch stretch. their whole season. They had some high highs, but I do think just I like using the phrase "button down." Like at times. There, it was really hard to kind of put them in a box because they could look fantastic against good teams, right? But can they do yeah. a full season of it? Um, you know, now look, the, I, I the, Xavier, just, the Xavier Collins thing, it's not like the season will roll around. It'll, that thing will be old news by next week, and it's not going to matter in all likelihood when the season starts, right? Is he going to get suspended a game I, or two I, for I, that? I, I, I do believe, though, Guy, any GM, any GM in the league, if your first round pick, your first round pick is arrested before we get to fucking 4th of July, that is a, that's embarrassing. Like, and this is someone who doesn't think some of this stuff can be overrated and like, what does it even mean? I just mean from a simple looking at your owner, what you're trying to accomplish. Like, I, I just think it's a terrible yeah. look. Well, I, I know this. Right? Like, it just, it, it just it, is. When his phone rings and he's got to tell, uh, the owner about it. It's just a bad situation. Now, again, they're lucky this thing wasn't worse. I don't think. I think the Xavier Collins arrest. I think th- for me, the point of it is not that that arrest is going to somehow affect their season. It's it's more so it brings up the discussion about the fact that these guys, based on their resumes, should be on the hot seat. But I think you could. All, but here's yeah, the I mean, counter. I- if I would counter, I'd go. Wait a second. Cliff Kingsbury has been there for two years. He went from five and ten to eight and eight, and his quarterback looks pretty good. Why should he be on the hot seat? Well, that's what I'm saying. They make the playoffs; he's good. They miss the playoffs; I think they're done. Yeah, because I, mean, I that's do a think three-year run. I, I think part of it is how do they look? Do they go? Do they go nine and eight? But Kyler plays a whole year, and they look. I mean, it's going to be hard, right? If Kyler plays a whole year, I think Kime feels like he's got more rope than anybody. Even though, in some ways, he should be more on the hot seat than Cliff. Well, where does he always sit when you watch a Cardinal game? Right by the owner. There is something. I'll, I'll give Michael Lombardi credit on this one. He's the first guy. I guess I think most people subconsciously think about it, but you don't think that much of it. They just show the GM. It is a big, big advantage for GMs to be able to do that while the coach is down What there. is this guy what doing? What are they talking like, about? I don't know. Yeah. What the fuck? What was that? I got, I got him the players. All I can do is give him the ingredients. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's the one cooking this terrible dinner. And I think they'd look at you and be like, well, yeah, they gave me, uh, you know, moldy bread, uh, meat that was bad, and salad that had E. coli. 
Is it coli ever run in salad? In uh, in your lettuce? Chicken. I think it coli is in the chicken. The uh, Oh, no, I think it in the... What, yeah, what did the all chicken. the lettuce get last year? Uh, mad cow lettuce? No, it wasn't... Uh, wasn't <laughs> mad cow. Uh, the, all the romaine. Oh, yeah, there was that lettuce. Yeah, the romaine. What did the romaine get? Yeah, it was That's E. coli. That's the thing. When you, when you fall... When you follow the Al Michaels diet and you just don't, don't greens? really mess with the greens, you're, you're good. Uh, Isn't that an Al Michaels thing? Al Michaels claims he's never potatoes? eaten a vegetable in his life, which I find impossible to believe. You never had a lasagna that had a still going strong? bell pepper in it? I, oh, yeah, I don't believe that at all. Uh, Josh's McCorkle's DUI never mentioned. Or we just mentioned the two arrests that happened this week. That's all. Yeah, McCorkle got a DUI. It was literally anyone saying that is completely clueless. He plays in the SEC at Alabama. It was an enormous story, I'm sure, in Alabama and on Paul Feinberg. We talked about it before the like, draft. What are you supposed to say? You got de- yeah, but I, but I did see that being a consistent theme leading <sighs> up to the draft. Like, yeah, just because you don't follow the SEC. They're, the SEC is basically as big as the NFL. And it's I'm not covered. judging Xavier Collins any think, more than I'm judging Mac Jones for it. It's not about that guy. Yeah. One guy was a red flag, and he got a DUI two days ago. The other guy has not gotten in trouble yet. So it's like, I, I think sometimes we hold on to the past. I, 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 just in general in life, people love holding on to like sports fans. Like, we've won this many championships. Oh, for sure. You're counting shit from like the 70s and 80s. You're 25 years old. Who gives a fuck? Right? I mean, I, I, losers love holding on to the past, even just with anything. If a guy was a bad guy, like Tyron Matthew, like he was, why, he was kicked out of college. Yeah, and then he became one of the highest character guys in the league, team captain for three different teams. I'm a big believer in looking forward. Like, are you a shithead then, and you're still a shithead? Then I got your red flag. Are you a shithead then, and then you kind of change your life around? Are you immature or whatever? Like, I, to me, there's a balance of humans or just anything. People love, I, I just think it's a loser mentality to, like, think about the past, right? Like, we won, like, if I was a Dodger fan, like, we won the World Series in 88. Yeah, I was four. I, I do not care. Yeah, I don't right? care either, I mean, but I don't think that's loser I mentality. It. I think it's just you build arguments based on things that have happened, not things that haven't happened yet, you know. Yeah, but I, I just think the court general, system's like, based I think we on historical people. I think we do it with standards. fans. Yeah, but I, but but again, like precedent, okay. But have you changed? Like, oh, like I know. part I of like getting out of prison is rehabbing or getting better. Sure. Like we used to lose, now we win. We I used to be a bad guy, now I don't get in trouble. I used to be a good guy, now I get in trouble. I don't know. There's just a million different scenarios. Yeah. I'm not trying to like I don't even care about McCorkle, but my point is like this guy was a red flag and then he got in trouble. Like that happened. Like Ray McDonald is a good example. Like the Niners have been full of them. <laughs> Not, like they, they had a lot of guys that were like red flags, kept getting in trouble. It's like, uh, we got a problem here. Chris Culliver. But I do think that, I just think there are a lot of Who's people the though, that are. Yeah, Bruce. Bruce Miller. Miller. I think he's on the Jags. Yeah. Uh, I think there are Sounds a lot right. of just people in general that I don't know improve, like get better. Right, to just mature. Well, like here's one. Les says Tyron Matthew was never a bad guy. He just liked smoking synthetic weed. I love Tyron Matthew. But my point is, he got kicked out of college. I think there was more to it than just drugs. Yeah, he, yeah. But, but my point is, look. The bottom line is just he's an example of a guy who was in trouble and is not only is he not in trouble. I think he's viewed as uh, stalwart. Yeah, like you'd league. love to have him on. <laughs> I'd love to have him on my team. I know that. Yeah, me too. Unhappy camper says, we hate Jimmy. Trey is God. Yeah, that's a good synopsis. Okay. A um, couple of things we wanted to hit today, John. Oh, my God. Speaking of. Speaking of this. Um, 
I'm going to put these pictures up on the video on YouTube. You can either go back and look at them there. We put them on the Haberman and Middlecoff Facebook page. You can just go to Lincoln Riley's. Um, you can just go to Lincoln Riley's uh, Twitter page. He retweeted a bunch of these. Oklahoma had like a recruiting day over the weekend, and they brought out uh, the most expensive cars you can find. I'm not even a good enough car person to know what all these are. I know a Bentley when I see it. I think that's a Rolls Royce. Uh, I think we got a Ferrari there, or a Lambo. Yep. I think that's the Ferrari sign, isn't it? I think you're right. I think. And uh, and another. Uh, that's a Rolls. I think it's a Bentley sign. Oh, I thought that was a Rolls. Is that a Rolls? Look at this. I think the bet. Not yeah. only that. Here's the other part. These guys are wearing. That, I, I think that's a Lambo next to it. The black one. Jeez. These guys are all wearing uh, like bedazzled Jordans. It's hard to tell, but they're they're. These are these are not players at Oklahoma. These these are, are high school recruits. Look at the on the YouTube. You can see bedazzled Jordans is what they're wearing. I've never of all the crazy so, recruiting, the incredible. I don't know who concocted this idea. Maybe it was Drew Hill. Maybe it was Lincoln Riley. Incredible idea. And I bet every person honestly, who recruits I, saw that and went like, "What are they doing? How often do you see pictures non photoshopped?" Of a high school kid in the uniform of the program. I didn't know that was illegal. I mean, clearly it is because they're doing it. Oh, That's yeah, that happens like, a lot now. Hey, guys, you wanted your... It, it happens. Does. Not only do they put the guy in the uniform, which I was actually thinking about this the other day. It's funny you mentioned that because I'm like, that other guy just put those pants on. Now I'm putting these pants on for my photo shoot. If your parents are there, they'll give your little brother a uniform. They'll give your sister a uniform. They'll give your mom and dad like zip-ups. You can take a family photo. Yeah. Well, I, you and I talked a little off I think air. if I'm the, the if the I'm like number two and I'm like, I led the team in catches last year and now some high school kids wearing my number in front of a Bentley, I'd be like, what are we doing? Trying to get better. You know, the, we were bullshitting about this before we came on. And the funniest part about just the, the college arguments, and I, I do think a lot of them tend to be a little disingenuous sometimes, led by the media. But the one thing that like they love, a lot of people love telling kids how they should think. The history of most of these kids, whether it be movies or reality, of the people asking for money is not the 17 or 18-year-old kid. It's the dad. And the dad, I think, when he gets the 200 grand, he doesn't then give the kid 45. I, I would imagine in most of those transactions, the parent keeps the fucking cash. Do you know what the kid wants in 2021 more than ever? They want to post those photos on their Snapchat and their Instagram and their TikTok. Like, that's that's that's, that's what the kid wants. Photo. That's that is. I bet if we, whoever that kid is, I could text Drew right now. Who's fifty three? And we went to his Instagram. What well, John, are the chances? I got all these photos from these guys' Twitter pages. They re- and then Lincoln would repost it. So that's where it came from. Like they take the photos, they give the guy the photo, right? So basically, you are creating content for their page, right? Exactly. You are helping them create content. For that, create content that, that no one but, else has but, in front of these cars. But think about this: if, if you and I. <laughs> Followed everyone that covers college sports and that that is really inundated with the conversation about money and stuff. I don't think any of them are talking about the true love of these kids wanting to post the cool shit. That is the most fucking important thing. Literally one of the best coaches in the country. Saban does the same things. Kirby's doing the same things. Mario's doing the same things. All the Ohio State's doing the same shit. They know what these kids want. Not the cash. That's what the parent wants. <laughs> right? They want. The I pictures. would love to have been in the. But I'm not saying Lincoln's. No, I know cash. you're not. I would love to have been in the meeting when they were like, "All right, guys, ideas, ideas for the uh, recruiting weekend." It's like, hear me out. 
What if we got a Bentley, a Lambo, a Rolls? We roll them onto the field. Well, you remember who was the quarterback? It might have been when we were in college. When Stoops was the coach, one of the quarterbacks at Oklahoma had a summer job at like the big dealership. Do you remember that? But never showed up and they paid him and they got in trouble for it. It wasn't that crazy. It wasn't like he got a free car, but I, it wasn't Landry Jones. I, I feel like it was like maybe after Sam Bradford, maybe before, but they had an incident once with a car dealer. And it was one of those. I remember Pat Hill. You just give your kids jobs. Brett Bomar. I think one way that, yeah, I think one way the big, big school, like our kids, like Robbie Rouse was like digging ditches like to get Robbie $10 Rouse an hour really or whatever. Bad. I think some of these programs historically, which is great. I mean, we would all do it at 20 years old. Like, you give me a job, I don't actually have to show up and you pay me. That's a great job. job. (laughs) Draft lottery is Tuesday night. By the time you're listening to this, you might already know what happened. (laughs) I think the NBA draft lottery is one of the easiest things to consume sports has ever created. Like, you think about how many people just play a lottery. It is so easy to follow. It's just people sitting around nervous. Is my my little ball going to pop up or not? The NFL doesn't do a lottery. Baseball, no one knows. They just organize uh, by uh, by record. I mean, people know. But the lottery, man, the lottery. It's one of the most – I don't know if it was what? David Stern that invented the lottery or Rick Welch that invented the lottery, but whoever invented the NBA lottery. Like, we're going to sit there and we're just going to pop up ping pong balls. Absolute genius. Well, in baseball, right, it doesn't really matter because drafting is really Unless you get Jack Leiter. <laughs> like he, I saw, I saw our guy, uh, the anonymous MLB executive, was like, Jack Leiter's going to help the Red Sox rotation in September. I liked his comp. It Mark, was Mike Mussina, Mike Mussina yeah, with better yeah. stuff. It was a great comp. If that's who Jack Leiter is, holy shit, he might be. The Red Sox have the number one overall pick. Uh, I don't know. Well, I don't think they do, but I don't. Is Jack Leiter going number one? I'm not sure that he is. MLB draft order. Well, after, after yesterday, he might. The problem, like the NFL, the lottery would be sweet, but you the don't Pirates have to do the lottery. One pick. What are the Red Sox? Four. In uh, if you did, if you didn't have the lottery in the NBA, I think tanking would be way bigger, right? Oh, if the NFL style draft was the NBA, they would have a disaster on their hands. In turn, like you think tanking was bad when there was a lottery when the chances were twenty five and now they're cut to seventeen. Fuck. Because in the NFL, you legitimately can place yourself, yeah. right? Trying to lose. And the, the lottery, part of the cool part is, and I, I even like the way that they kind of went anti-tanking and changed the percentages. Like, as we're recording this, the Warriors could have pick one and four, or they could just have pick 13. <laughs> it's crazy. I'll, I'll never forget. I'll never forget. The best lottery was two years ago when the Knicks thought they were going to get yeah. Zion, and the Knicks getting the third overall pick. That was... Well, that isn't fun of, part of the fun? Of, like, I was thinking about, would it be cool? A key to the lottery is the players in the lottery. A key, to, a, right? Yes, but it's also just and the teams. Like, and I the think teams. you can enjoy an NBA lottery if you don't know Cade Cunningham from Bubba Cunningham. I mean, I think that guy used to be the AD at Oklahoma. Yeah, these play, but I mean, I mean, when you have like a historic, like a Zion, a Shaq, for sure. A that, when you've like, got one is. guy or two guys, that definitely helps. For sure. But I also think it's just such an easy thing for anybody to understand. Just It's just a lottery. It's going to be like 20 minutes. And not only are we going to see people get excited, but we're going to see people get disappointed. I think there's one team, it's the Rockets. If they don't finish top four, they lose their picks. 
<laughs> like they, yeah, the, I think which there is are several like a, teams. Which is 50-50. The Rockets are 50-50 top four or not, and if it's not, they lose the pick. Well, what are the T-Wolves? Like 50-50 top four or lose the uh, pick? I mean, they there's a lot top of three, line and that's 28% chance. So 73% chance the keep. Warriors get the pick. They keep it only if it's a top three. So ideally for the Warriors, it's the fourth pick. God damn. I mean, this is just... The Bulls only keep theirs if it's top four, which is a 20% chance. The the John, the Rockets has to be top four. If it's five, they fall to 18. So a pick swap with the Thunder. I mean, that sucks. God So if you're damn. the Thunder tonight, you're like, here we go, baby. Pretty cool. I love, I love a good lot. I actually watched a lot of these players, I feel like, more than most drafts. I've kept an eye on Jalen Green, Fresno guy. Uh, watched a lot of Suggs. Watched a lot, a lot of, of once the tournament started. Cunningham. The dude from U- USC, Cade Cunningham. He won me a couple hundred dollars when they beat Baylor, who actually ended up winning the championship. Isaiah Mobley it's, or uh, Evan Mobley from SC. It'd be pretty sweet if the Warriors got. What if? What if they get four and Evan Mobley sitting there? Would you take them both and just go Twin Towers? It's a great question. I mean. Because I'll tell you this: Would you rather have Evan Mobley or James Wiseman? Um, well, Evan was definitely a better player than James. I mean, James didn't. Who knows? James didn't play in college. <clears throat> but I think if you just like Evan, Mo- what of Evan Mobley? Things is he's got great feel. He doesn't for. He's not a guy that is going to try and force it. Really good passer, good vision, really good teammate. Now you're right. It's unfair because he's been injured, and we have a little NBA. You know, viewing of Wiseman, I do feel like if you gave thirty GMs the opportunity right now, you get yeah, yeah, Mobley or would, Wiseman I on think, your team. I think they would take Mobley. Mobley would probably be twenty-five to five, yeah. maybe. I, I don't know if it'd be. I mean, I bet there are people that still like Wiseman a lot, but I think Mobley just people think he just has a great feel, great feel, really good passer. Um, I actually just the couple USC games. I I liked his brother, who I think is like Isaiah. a French first rounder, right? Yeah, not as athletic, not. Quite as tall. Um, I don't think he's as good of a shooter, but again, same deal. Like, just good family. Jay Crowder. Uh, just basketball. Just smart guys. High level. Really high level guys. Just impressive guys. Yeah. Eric Mobley, their dad. I, I I saw a little Jay Crowder. What do you think about that comp? A little yeah, bigger, but I, don't, I mean Jay shoots the three. Well, I don't know if Isaiah Isaiah Mobley the, or Evan the brother. The, I'm talking the Isaiah. brother, who not the elite yeah. guy. Yeah. He was shooting yeah, threes take some threes in the tournament. He'll take some. I, I don't know if he's ever going to be Jake Crowder. I don't. I don't think he's athletically Jake. Jake. I think Jake Crowder's more athletic. What about the white dude from Gonzaga? Adam Morrison, Kevin Herter. No, no. Corey the, Kispert. The dude this year is going to be. A, he's going to be a polarizer. Well, I, yeah. I, there were people that thought he lost money in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. The key we'll is see. when you're gonna suck. Is to already have the contract signed, like our boy Benjamin Simmons, who is just, I have seen some absolutely hilarious things on social media. Every single person in the NBA, and it's funny because the NBA, I think the last couple of years, they've tried to be very, very pro player and be very, be very conscientious about being friendly to everyone. I think they're kind of getting used by a lot of the players' agents, and it's worked. I think they've kind of gone old school with Ben Simmons, and part of it is like it's an easy thing to kick when the guy's down. 
but he is getting absolutely shit on everywhere you look. I mean, I'm not just talking like the Stephen A, like the people that would. I'm saying just normal people are making fun It's a of huge NBA storyline. It really is an illustration of how massive the Sixers are. You, you were making this point to me beforehand. Like right now, I think you're, the Sixers are one of the biggest brands in the league just because they're so interesting. The whole process became a long-running joke. And then Embiid and Simmons, but Embiid in particular has just been a fantastic personality for the league. Everyone knows who he is. Uh, Guy, they added Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey yeah, last offseason. <laughs> he had five points in Game 7. Five. Had a, a I didn't realize that. that. was mind-boggling too, right? Yeah, it's Passing non-dunk. Dunk. I just think that in that town, when people think you're... I, I, most of my friends that are big Sixer fans thinks he doesn't care. And I, I may, maybe it's just the way he conducts himself. Maybe it's not a lack of urgency. But he just... He has this feel like of indifference when yeah. you watch him play. Now, and also, you don't feel really like he's special, gotten a lot. Like, You're like, wait, shouldn't he be a lot better? I mean, he has an incredible skill. He's incredible. He should have be a complete player, you would think. Like, why can't he shoot? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think people think he doesn't care, and so he doesn't work at it. Philly's not a good town to have that. Uh, your life can get hard. Yeah. Tough town, guy. Tough town. Keep an eye on Wander Franco tonight, John, making his big de- number one prospect in baseball for the Rays, making his debut. So, The Rays have the number one prospect in do. baseball? Actually, they usually develop him into the number one prospect once they get him. I do think, you and I have talked about this a lot. I don't want to spend too much time on it. I think baseball has done a better job in the last few years of just like, do it. now look, if you don't go to MLB.com, then you're not going to see that the, all, the top five bullets are all Wander Franco's making his debut. Take a look at some of Wander Franco's greatest plays. Who does Wander Franco comp like? Like, you still have to get to people who aren't hardcore baseball fans somehow. I do think they've done a good job. I think it's helped that college baseball players are bat flipping all over the place. I think uh, like the pitching ninja and just like that kind of stuff. Baseball does feel from just a getting their young guys out there standpoint. And maybe it's just the young guys like Tatis are just cool and Guerrero. It does feel like it's kind of loosened up a little bit with some of these guys and just trying to make people aware of who they got. I, th- I feel like it's been they're a little better with that. Do you? What's the pitching ninja? Pitching ninja is the guy uh, on Twitter who's become pretty big over the last year or two because it's nonstop just the nastiest pitches. Like, it's basically, he's basically the Rex Chapman of nasty pitches. But he's actually, he's not just, um, like, putting up videos. Like, he's kind of a pitching, uh, I don't want to use the word guru, but he actually, is, like, knows a lot about the analytics of pitching and spin rates and all that stuff. So he actually has, like, a business on the side. I think he had that first. And But, like, pitchers, in, like, pitchers engage with him and retweet and hitters. And I'm sure that's where Josh Donaldson got a lot of his uh, videos of pitchers using spider tack, which this ball shouldn't move like this. I don't know. What's what's Rex Chapman's lane on Twitter? Uh, blocker charge. This guy just got hit by a, this cow. Just got hit by a truck. Blocker charge. You know. Got you. Got you. Got you. That's why when people say I, I don't follow him, he's made a career out of stupid yeah, videos just, on the internet. Like but it's the, fantastic. <laughs> Snoop Dogg does fantastic thing. videos. Blocker charge. You know, this guy got hit by a blocker propeller charge. plane. Blocker charge. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. I yeah. I think baseball is just. They do have a lot of young players, right, that are just exciting. Part of it is just you need excitement. Like part of, right, like Zion's really exciting, but it's like no one watches the Pelicans. Can you get exciting on good teams? That's, you know, one thing I think Otani, who is having, who just had the most historic week of all time. I mean, he won a game as a starter and hit six home runs. 
I say it all the time. I, I do think if he was on the Yankees, Red Sox, or the Dodgers, he would be infinitely bigger. And he, he's pretty yeah. big, like in our sports world. But I think he would be if if he was doing what what he's doing now in 1993, like when we were kids growing up, like on sports. I think it'd be the number one sports story in yeah. America. Now times have changed, and I've just said I don't like living <clears> in the past. But my point is, like, what he's doing right now is be if the equivalent of whatever he did, and we talked about this on the last podcast, was happening. I think he's all, but part of it's just his team. And luckily, I think they play the Giants the next two days. I can't fucking wait to watch him against Kevin Gosman, who might be, I mean, DeGrom's back, so he'll probably start the uh, All Star game for the National League, but Gosman's been really good. So, depending on who drafts lighter, maybe just start lighter. (laughs) It's not a bad idea. Yeah, he threw 15Ks. I watch, I'm a sucker for like looking up and seeing like, oh, it's a good, it's a good Carl's World Series game. Like when they get 8 0, 10 0, whatever. But if I see it's like 2 1 in the seventh, and I see the guys on the in the dugout doing rally signs and like the parents biting their nails. I'm like, this is it is awesome. It is it holds a special place in our yeah. heart. You're more than me. I mean, I I, I showed up in Fresno right when they're winning it. But I spent that was two weeks pretty, there. Was, that was a big deal for that was a big deal. For incredible Fresno. two weeks. Remember they had a parade. The parade on the fire trucks. Were you at the parade? I was at the at ending. The field. Like all the football Biden coaches field. came out. Yeah. They came to the field. It was just. Uh, they beat Georgia, who Gordon was like Beckham. the equivalent of like yep. Alabama football. Yeah, I mean it was it was Buster a big Posey deal. was at the College World. They beat Series. Arizona State. Wasn't Arizona State the number one? And team they in lost the, country? the first game, and then they came and back and beat them. They had Ike Davis and uh, Brett they, Wallace. Didn't they stage a fight on the Ike third Davis game and Brett Wallace? To to throw faked State a fight. I think it was Ike Davis and Brett Wallace faked a fight while Fresno State was taking infield. They were standing like in the first base coach's box and pretended to have a fight. Uh, Pat Murphy was the co. He, Pat Murphy briefly became the manager of the Padres, and uh, kind of a football mentality. Some people say it was his idea, but they staged a fight to try and distract Fresno State to make them think like, "Oh, these guys are." I don't even know what the logic is, uh, but it it didn't work. But it was, I've never did. Heard Pat Murphy like never that. make it to the regular season. Like was did Pat Murphy? Did he coach? In yeah, the something like, happened. The, I don't remember exactly for what the, the deal Padres. Was. His, his career is. I don't. What did he do? I think he made it to the regular season, but didn't. Last, it was I have weird. to look that up. I something kind of happened. Vivid, I don't right. remember that, but I kind of do. Yeah, yeah, something happened. But for everyone that says, like, baseball needs the ball and play more. It's like, honestly, I think 1-1 games, pitchers deal, pitchers throwing 98 and breaking off sliders, that that is, to me, just as good as 8-5 to five with the ball in play, and it takes four, four hours. I, Jack Leiters and Jake DeGrom's, like, that's an easy storyline for people to follow, right? Pedro Martinez and Rain. No one was like, Pedro, ball's not in play a lot. Like... <laughs> Dominant, I, I, I would say this. I think dominant pitching, like an individual who is a dominant pitcher, is the most is the best thing in baseball. I think. Well, well, I mean, because a hitter who hits a bunch of home runs only bats three or four times a game. But I would say they're every bit that, like the most famous thing in baseball is a home run. When you say just the sport, what's the most? Yeah, you just say yeah. what's the most famous thing in baseball? Someone would say yeah. a home run. I do think in our lifetime. The star elite pitchers have been every bit as big and famous and important as any Barry Bonds, Manny Ramirez, like Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, even like the the recent guys. But some of the famous people, Kerry Wood, just any time a pitcher comes up, it's almost bigger than because a when you're yeah, Nolan Ryan, like, you know what it is. You have when you are that dominant at that, you are preventing somebody. You have this like the kind of enforcer, middle linebacker, Ed Reed, strong safety, pass rusher. Like, that's the kind of rep you get is like somebody who shuts everybody down. And that's a great rep to promote. That's that enforcer thing. 
you know, I'm here to kind of take your, you can't stop me and, and I'm going to take it from you. Baseball's best, you know, you're still striking out and grounding out and just getting out. Well, I remember in, King, in Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball, Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball, Mussina was on the Orioles, and so was Cal Ripken. They were actually a fun team to play. They were pretty good. Uh, and you throw the knuckle curve. And I remember a Little League starting for the White Sox, Sam Wilson's uh, the coach. I threw the yeah. knuckle curve, though it didn't curve <laughs> or knuckle, but I, I gripped it with one finger it. on it and then the other on the side, and then I tried to push, roll the wrist. But it didn't. Really, it just kind of yeah. went. I love the knuckle. I threw that pitch probably every. I other remember pitch. I dropped down once. Uh, remember or El Duque, Orlando Hernandez, where we'd like sometimes he'd throw from up here. Sometimes I remember dropping down once, like way low, just for a strikeout. Strikeout. <laughs> In Davis, Davis Little, Little League? League, I remember. Well, probably not Little League. This is maybe whatever was between Little League and like junior high, eighth grade you know, or something, ninth grade. Yeah, but summer ball or something. Batter, bat, batter couldn't have been that good. No, could not have been. Was it? Didn't you strike out Pedroia? No, I got a hit off Dustin Pedroia. Uh, yeah, and when I told him about it several years ago when he was on the Red Sox, he said, "Of course you did. I was a shitty pitcher." <laughs> Would you say a seed or like a bloop? Um, you know, I think any hit you had then probably you thought was a seed. If we watched the tape today, it was probably a bloop. <laughs> Like a grounder, no, it was or like just back a, up in the, the middle, air. just kind of a, you know, it was probably gotcha. a bloop. Yeah, probably is what it was. That was my signature, yeah. signature bloop. Did he graduate? Was he our? He was a was year, he a older year older than us? Than yeah. us? Gotcha. Yeah. Woodland, Woodland That's Wolf. Right. All right. Um, on that note, seven o'clock. Don't forget. Tell your friends. We'll be there Wednesday night. Wine Wednesday with him. Uh, we're not really branding at that, but it's fun to say. We'll be watching a bunch of uh, we'll be watching a bunch of Trey Lance tape. Let's, you want to throw just uh, for the tube? Um, I don't want to. I don't want to throw show anything. Uh, I don't want to give anything away here. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd okay, save, we'll guy. I'd right, save. We'll do that Wednesday night, tube only. Uh, Haberman and Middlecoff YouTube channel. We'll be watching a bunch of Trey Lance cutups. So join us for that. Thanks for hanging, everybody. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.